If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is host of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, Snowbicle Michael. Yo, Blessing, what up, my guy? Thanks for having me on today and uh, happy to join you for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Mike, what are you doing here? <laughs> I thought I was hosting with Andy Cortez. You know what? Uh, the big dog called me and said, Mike, I got a lot of things to do. Can you jump in? I said, Andy, I'd love to talk video games with my main man, Bless. And uh, here I am today talking some games with you. Will they be Xbox related? Probably not. It's been a pretty no, slow week in the Xbox not world. Not at all. In fact, uh, Mike, what we're going to be talking about is very Nintendo related. So I hope you're prepared because today's stories include a Nintendo Direct tomorrow, Activision Blizzard departures, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily a new one for you use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support kind of funny to be a part of the show at patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show Housekeeping for you, a new Kind of Funny Games cast is up right now. Uh, Greg got to play some of that Guardians of the Galaxy. Tim had a lot to say about Cruise and Blast, and Barrett and I beat Deltarune Chapter 2. You can catch that on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, Thursday, we're playing some World War Z Aftermath for a sponsor stream. You can swing by at 11 a.m. Pacific time right after Kind of Funny Games Daily to see Greg, Mike, Andy and myself blast some zombies. If you miss it live, it'll be our on our newest YouTube channel, youtube.com slash kind of funny plays. Mike, I want to hi hype check for that. How hype are you for that? So hype for that. You know what? Anytime I get to play games with you, Greg and Andy, you know it's gonna be a great afternoon, bless. Hell yeah. Mike, we need uh, this is fun because uh, we've hosted a KFT together before. But now that like you're like you're on you're now that you're on more than more than once, right? We've done this more than once. I feel like we need some kind of co-host name. Right. Okay, like, course, okay. Okay. You know, Tim and Tam got the Tim Tam Thursdays unlock. I know pl there are plenty of other co-host names out there. I feel like we need a Mike bless one. And one that I was thinking about, because this isn't like a, usually it's a combination of names. This is like a shipping situation. One I was thinking about earlier this morning was what if we called ourselves crossplay? Because we got the host of the Kind of Funny X cast. You got one of the hosts of PSLVXOXO. And once Greg's out from uh, maternity leave, you know, I'm going to be hosting that thing for the next three months or so. Right. I just want what I'm going to throw out there. Somebody the quickly bang out a PNG uh, logo and I'll put it up. Little yes. crossplay. I like that, Bless. You know what? I do oh, yeah. like crossplay because you and I, we got the synergy. We're coming from two sides of the gaming world to come together to celebrate the things we love. I also liked somebody out in the chat put Bless the mic. And you know what, Bless? Whenever Ooh. I see you, I know you're bringing the fire. You're bringing the heat. You're bringing the realness. 
And there's one thing on the Kind of Funny X cast we always do, and we give the people what they want. And so bless the mic. It's right at home for me of like, you got two young voices ready to talk about video games with all of you. We know what the heck is going on in the gaming world because we're the biggest gamers that kind of funny. Nobody can deny that. Oh, yeah. Easily. It's not even a contest. Uh, chat, keep putting in your suggestions. I do love those two. And so it might be it might come down to those two in a poll or something. But let us know in chat. We're going to keep pulling those su- suggestions. Bless the mic is wonderful. You know what else is wonderful? September. Right now, it's September on Twitch. Viewers from across the platform throughout the month can take advantage of 20% off subscriptions for first-time subscribers and for gifted subs. Your support means the world to us here at Kind of Funny. And right now, you can take advantage of this deal and receive benefits like ad-free viewing, sub emotes, and more. Thank you to our Patreon producers, the Kind of Funny Destiny 2 PC clan, and Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by DraftKings, Away, and Amazon Music. But... I'll tell you about that later. I should say, we'll tell you about that later. Because, of course, it's usually not me. It's usually either Tim or Greg. Some weeks it's me, but you never know. It's always a mystery. Will it be Greg? Probably this time. Actually, no, I think it's Tim. We'll see later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. That was great, Kevin. Now, Mike, I got to ask you. Do you do the coffee in the morning? Like, what is, what is your morning routine? Because I've talked about this in the last week, right? Of I've been do, I've been doing coffee uh, for a while. Sometimes I'll do tea, but I've been trying to hit that balance of like I need the caffeine in the morning. But coffee will give me co- coffee will give me too much caffeine to where now I have the coffee jitters. And right now I'm in I'm in the mist, right? Like it, it's hidden, right? I got the coffee jitters. It's happening. Put Mike, the coffee I, down. Get an ice water for God's sakes. That's a full. I got water bottle. right here. That's drink what I think. I've drank. Look at this. I've drank. But, but if you've like got, a, got a the jitters, that's your third. body. That, look, all the ice is melted. You've got the jitters. There's. It's not going to become less coffee. You know what I mean? Drink some water. Hydrate. Hold up. Let me get some. Let me get some gulps in. Your tummy's going to get upset. Nobody wants. God bless. That. It's funny you say that, right? Because you got the mixture now. You actually have the ultimate recipe that some people can't handle, and that is the hype, right? You're feeling the coffee jitters. You have me, who is usually cranked up to 11, excited as can be. That's and now you know. have to find that balance of like, do I ride this thrill ride with Mike and Kevin, who's going to crank me up to 11? Or do I somehow <laughs> drink enough water to keep it balanced for a good show? But for me, bless, I'm already 40 ounces in to oh Starbucks Ice Sky. And as you can see, Kevin, oh, I did it. go and it. buy. I went and bought the brand Wait, new little now, Starbucks now, container for myself. I need clarification. I need to know whether you bought it or you used your points. I did use my points and blessing. Cool enough, I have so oh. many Starbucks points that I was allowed to get one free piece of merchandise in my local Starbucks store, up to $20, Kevin. This $32 mug. So I bought it for $12, <sighs> thankfully, and took my boy, Sad Boy Sean, in. Sad Boy Sean, Starbucks employee, got a little extra discount on that blessing. You know what I mean? Come oh, on. You gotta now. love that. You gotta love that. Now, funny enough, I so I don't have the Starbucks membership, but I was thinking about it. This morning, because I did, I did go to Starbucks, and usually, you know, I'm not committed to the Starbucks membership because, you know, some weeks all it'll be a McDonald's week, other other weeks it will be a Starbucks week, but, and I kind of ping pong back and forth. But bless, it doesn't cost you anything. Yes, Wait, blessing. I'm going to teach you a really good lesson in life right now. No, just wait, really? <laughs> Mr. Yes. Johnson taught me in ninth grade geometry class. He always said two things. Bless when we'd walk into math class. He said one, hey, just so y'all know. I'm playing Super Mario 64. It's the greatest game ever created. Please make sure to play that. He said that every day. Second one, make sure you have a Safeway card. It's free, it's easy, and it saves you on deep discounts. 
Starbucks, same way. It's free, bless. You got to have one. You got to have one. I did not realize it's free. What's what's messed up about this too is the fact that like I I worked at Starbucks before, kind of funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not like not like at a corporate, Starbucks store. Corporate. I worked at Starbucks corporate, <laughs> and I didn't know that it was free because they autom- I automatically just already had the the Starbucks discount, so I didn't even have to worry about that shit. You know, I was getting I was getting the double smoked bacon, <laughs> egg, and cheese for days, and I didn't have to think twice about it. The fact that this membership is free is blowing my mind. Well, I, I think mean, you sold yeah, me. I, I think you <laughs> essentially have to you buy money into it. And then you use that and you accrue points that way, right? Is that right? No, Kevin, don't be making up Starbucks stuff. You know I'm the leading expert in Starbucks. Okay, that's well, not I how mean, that's, I literally okay? asked you if that was right. It wasn't me. Oh, every checking. time you make a purchase, you will get reward points. You will be you rewarded right. for purchasing, and then you'll be able to cash it in. I don't, uh, somebody in chat, uh, outrun in chat says, Bless is not what you call a good employee. Listen, I work in the real estate department. <laughs> I have I didn't have anything to do with sales. I didn't, I didn't care about sales. I was just in there getting leases signed and shit. And so, hey, it all it all worked out in the end. I'm about to get my, my Starbucks membership, and we're about to be eating a lot more croissants in the morning, let me tell you. But, Mike, for now, let's talk about the biggest news of the day. There's a Nintendo Direct coming tomorrow. I'm pulling from Kenneth Shepard at Fanbyte, who writes, Nintendo is holding another Direct, and it's coming up pretty quickly, as in tomorrow. The presentation will take place tomorrow, September 23rd, at 3, 3 p.m. Pacific time, and will be focused primarily on Switch games that are launching this winter. So if you're hoping for another look at the upcoming Breath of the Wild sequel, or some super secret project for later in 2022, adjust your expectations accordingly. But this do- this does leave the window open for some games like Metroid Dread, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, and Shining Pearl, although those are more likely to appear at a Pokemon Pre- Presents stream, which we just got last month, or some third-party games like Shin Megami Tensei V and Danganronpa Decadence. But those are just the games we know about. Hopefully there are at least some surprises in store. There are 40 whole minutes for Nintendo to fill, after all. Now, Mike, what is your hype level for this Nintendo Direct? Are you looking forward to it? Uh, you know, bless. I'll say I'm looking forward to it. My hype level is low. I'm not the biggest Nintendo guy. Actually, after the evacuation from Tahoe and coming back home, I still have not unpacked the Switch. Honestly, I don't know where it is, bless. So really, it, Nintendo is not a huge factor for me. But what I am excited for is seeing what the slate of holiday games are for them, right? We talk about the holiday season. We talk about the big marketing push that all of these companies make to get into our wallets and have us, the consumer, go out and buy, buy, buy. And so this is a big moment for them. And for me as a consumer to see, hey, how do you sell this to me? How do you get your demographic and everybody excited to go out there and spend their cash during the holiday season? So yeah, this is going to be a really fun one. Yeah, I think for me, I'm at a strong medium hype level for this one, especially because they mentioned, right, that it's going to be primarily focused on Switch games launching this winter. As far as the biggest Switch titles, those are pretty much covered, right? We're getting, if I, if I glance over to the Blessing Super Fun Games calendar 2021, right, in terms of Switch titles, we're getting Metroid Dread, that's coming October 8th. We're getting Mario Party Superstars, that's coming October 29th. And then a Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearls coming November 19th. And those are the, what I would say are the biggest Switch titles. I think... With those as probably the tent poles, what is left to fill in the gaps of 2021 are probably either smaller titles or some some uh, left field surprises that we weren't expecting, right? And like I should also throw in, uh, you know, Advance Wars, of course, is making a comeback. I'm sure that might have more to reveal there. And there are indie games, right? There's Ollie Ollie World. There's what could be a juggernaut. Which we keep saying this at every presentation and it doesn't show up. But Hollow Knight Silk Song, I know that's one that Andy uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 keeps trying to evangelize and keeps trying to hope for, right? I'm sure that's a possibility as something that could show up. 
But given that being the case, I think for me, right, 40 minutes is a long time. You know, the PlayStation showcase we got a few weeks ago was 40 minutes, right? And that is their biggest showcase of the year. For a Nintendo Switch uh, Direct coming out in September toward the end of the year that is focused on the rest of the year, that is 40 minutes long. That gives them space to to work with in terms of getting a lot of information in there and having a lot of space to cover in terms of, hey, we got these games that you know, but then also we have a whole bunch of other surprises. And so in terms of the surprises, that is, the, the surprises are the things I'm the most curious about and the most looking forward to. Because again, I don't expect any juggernauts. And even though they do say 2021, I think there is space there. I know people are going to get mad with me saying this, but <laughs> it always happens where they're like, hey, this is going to be focused on 2021. And then they have one or two like, but here's a tease for something that's coming later. Right. And so I wonder if we could get a glimpse of anything coming later. I think that would be a get hype thing. But for the rest of 2021, you know, I'm looking forward to them talking about possible indie games that are returning to the platform or coming to the platform for the first time or new reveals and like a maybe a, a sequel to an indie game that we weren't expecting or maybe a Deltarune Chapter 2 is coming to Switch quicker than we, than we imagined, right? I think stuff like that could be exciting. Yeah, I think you look at the now, right, which is the holiday season. You push the products that you need to push and get people excited for that. Of course, yes, Blessing, all of us would love that wild get hype moment where we look into 2022 and beyond. But really, I like when the teams focus on the now, right? This is the moment to sell me on those games. and. For me, right, I do want that update on Mario Party Superstars. This is a game that we here as a team are going to be really excited to play together once we all get back in the studio, right? And I want to continue to see that progression. I really want to know that this is going to be great. You know, that last Mario Party is so-so, right? It's fun mm -hmm. sometimes, but it's not out of the world, knock your socks off. And then as well, right, Advanced Wars is a game that caught my eye the last time. Not really a game that would be right up my alley, but... Slowly but surely, when I see it, I get introduced to it, I get more and more excited for it. So I really look forward to these updates and how they can progress that. Because if Nintendo can get a sale out of me, maybe even two, that's a pretty big win because I am so far removed from that ecosystem. So it's a big deal whenever I see things that do catch my eye. The Monster Hunters, you know, the super anime sword and shield type characters will be there and I'll probably look away. But it will be fun to see what they do. And then the surprises, I mean, come on, Blessing, you know. We all want to see the big hitters, right? That Breath of the Wild 2, we're hoping for that. Just like we saw with Wolverine out of nowhere, right? Could you really announce a game that could be 2022 and beyond in this? 40 minutes, big, pretty chunk yeah. to do it. That's a, that, I mean, in a 40-minute direct, it's hard for me to imagine that they have no big surprises, right? Like, in terms of the big titles to talk about, right? We know Metroid Dread, but that's coming out imminently right like that is I, I feel like you've ran out of like big things to review with my joy dread in terms of something that's going to get us hype on the level of a remember the the direct we got years ago that had the smash ultimate announcement and all of us went crazy for it right like we're, we're kind of past that point with metroid dread we're just ready to play it and looking at a uh, mario party superstars is a similar thing right where that is that is not a top tier get people hype kind of title that is a title for people like you and me who are like cool i love mario party i'm looking forward to mario party superstars for the nostalgia of it and because i want to play more mario party but i don't think that for them counts as a this is a juggernaut uh uh main event title for our nintendo direct and then even pokemon brilliant diamond and shining pearl right like i'm only half expecting that to show up here because i think the fan by article makes a good point of Usually when we see deeper dives into Pokemon stuff that isn't a Pokemon-specific stream that is thro thrown by the Pokemon company as opposed to Nintendo. And so I imagine we'll see a glimpse, but I don't expect anything substantial regarding that. 
which begs the question, what is the main event? You know, in terms of more things that could be there, you know, Shin Megami Tensei Five is around the corner as well, and so I expect that to be there. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, I know that is an early 2022 title, but that is, an, that is a soon enough one that I wouldn't be surprised to at least see a glimpse. Maybe they talk about it in conjunction with Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. And then uh, Smash, of course, we still, we're still one character left in that game. I expect the final Smash character, no pun uh, intended, the final Smash character will either be revealed at this or it'll be a Game Awards thing. And I think it's an equal chance. I would, not, I would very much not be surprised if we see the final character here. And... You know, I, I'm very curious on who that character is because I think for a, the final character that's going to be included in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, I expect I expect greatness, right? I don't expect just another Fire Emblem character or another Pokemon. <laughs> and as I'm saying this, I'm gonna be disappointed. Yeah, but I'm yeah, not expecting yeah. that. I'm expecting greatness, right? Like, you know, you're the host of kind of funny X cast, right? Like we. And I know we got um, uh, Benji Kazooie in Smash, right? Which kind of counts as like yeah. the Microsoft crossover and Minecraft, Steve. But like, is there more that we can get, right? Could we get a Master Chief? Could we get a um, uh, Doom guy? Could we get somebody else from the PlayStation side, right? Like, what what are the possibilities of a of a banger announcement for a Smash character coming to uh, f- to Super Smash Brothers? Going to be another you know, Fire Emblem character? Yeah, <laughs> not, so- I hope not. You said it so well, Bless, of like, yes, we could easily see it here or at the Game Awards, right? The Game Awards does get hype with the Smash characters, but you're right. It's the final one, right? And there's going to be so much disappointment from all angles because everybody wants their favorite character. And from the track record, Bless, it'd be hard for me not to look at you in the eye and be like, yeah, it's going to be some sort of anime or fantasy sword and shield wielding character, right? That just seems <laughs> to be the track record. But when I look at it, right, and I see some other people's like hopes and wants, right? And I look at my hopes and wants, especially after all of us playing Smash Bros together and seeing the full lineup, right? I wrote down a couple of names that really speak to me, of course. Master Chief from the Xbox side would be really cool, right? Crash Bandicoot, I wrote down as well, would be fun to see. Mm -hmm. Rayman, and then I went wild. Now I go into the Duffy, as I like to say, bless, right? Glover, Joanna Dark. Okay, you just said the word Glover, which I love that you I I love that that is on your list. I couldn't imagine the reaction of if like I don't know what that Smash trailer would even look like if you just see see a cutscene start and you're like, what the fuck is this? And you see Glover pop up and you're like, oh Glover's back, they're making another Glover game, and it's him getting an invitation to Oh my, oh my God, Kevin! Kevin, look up Glover <laughs> in a minute. We'll we'll talk about it. And yeah, let so, me see if I can find a link to send you. I'm Kevin. reaching in the Duffy, right? Bless, and especially because we might talk about a little N64 stuff later on. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what were the games that were my childhood stuff, right? Glover. You talk about Joanna Dark, Sarge from Sarge's Heroes. I actually wrote down a fun one that I would like to see two of them. Uh, Lizzie from Rampage, Lizzie the Lizard. I think you could okay. have a fun, cool set with like. Lizzie the Lizard, then you have the Wolf, you have um, all the other characters following suit, which would be pretty cool. Moving on, Gauntlet Legends, I think would be kind of cool as well. You could have the War, you could have the Mage. That kind of fits into your Sword and Shield, Boring Jabronis. But, you know, that's kind of some Smash fun loves one, their I Sword thought, and Shield you know? characters. Yeah, right. right. You know that. I think I think a lot of those are really creative choices, inspired choices. I think especially, I saw somebody in chat mention uh, Ratchet and Clank, right? And I think... Oh yeah, it's. I think it's very much a conversation for more on the PlayStation side of does PlayStation want to allow one of their characters uh, to be represented in Smash? And like, I really, I would love, I would love it, right? I'll and I know we we have characters like Sora or not Sora, sorry, we have um Cloud and Sephiroth and uh, Snake from Metal Gear Solid, which kind of 
fit the bill a little bit. I would love for a PlayStation Studios first party character to be included, like a Ratchet and Clank, um, or like you know, uh, I feel like Aloy might not fit as well. But I mean, I can say that about plenty of the Smash characters, so maybe they yeah. can find a way to make Aloy fit. Right now on screen, Kevin is showing gameplay of Glover, which <laughs> Glover, if you don't know, is an S sixty four mascot platforming game where you play as a glove. <laughs> This you walk is... on two fingers that you, you yep. have two other fingers that are kind of like your arms and you have abilities where you, you turn into a fist and you can ground pound Why is and it it's exactly what you, what you imagine look look four fingers I mean, hey inspired. kevin you know what let's i mean not judge plenty of people have four fingers all right okay i sure <laughs> but like for a second when he did that the the white power sign right there it was three fingers is that work oh. on it? The white power sign? <laughs> Isn't it? Didn't it get co-opted by the white power movement? When this game was made, it was more. I think it was more of the okay. No, uh, I, I, this is like the hey, And so Listen, he, we he, can't let them take it. Real quick, the the only thing that like kind of makes this seem like a thing is that uh, what the uh, the main bad guy right at the end of like the story, you're fighting Master the hand, hand Master Hand. So yep. it's like that. It would be cool if it's Master Hand. I want to just say, um, uh, the Tamor. What? That's what they co-opted it. What am I supposed to do? They stole it from us. We can, that doesn't mean okay it anymore. It's unfortunate. Um, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I would. I would, I would love like, some sorry, kind of like weird narrative of like Master Hand and nope, Glover are nope. cousins or in cahoots. <laughs> yeah, or our homies. Yeah. Uh, sorry, what was that Kevin? So I was just going to say that I, the, the people I'd like to see is uh, Jonesy. From Fortnite? From Fortnite. Fortnite. Okay, yeah. that's a great And then have, give him, a, you know, the variations, the, the Echo skins or whatever. No, that's not Echoes. But, like, different outfits because there's a bunch of different yep. Jonesies. I think that could be a lot of fun, and uh, it's a possibility. I think that makes sense. I'll put that in the same category of a, as a Minecraft, right, of, like, this mm -hmm. is this modern this modern a uh, successful game that plenty of people are playing, right? One of the most popular releases in the world right now. And I think Fortnite has kind of cemented itself in gaming history as, oh, this will forever be memorable. And so I yeah. think that fits the bill in terms of this is th this would make sense in Smash, right? And I know there's the back and forth of like, <laughs> usually Smash goes for uh, Japan Japanese original characters, but that was kind of broken as well with uh, Banjo-Kazooie being introduced and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you never know who can actually make it into Smash. I feel like, there are rules and guidelines in place, and they break those all the time. And yeah. so I think Jonesy would be a good fit for that. I'll throw out a classic suggestion. I accidentally said it earlier, but Sora is one that plenty of people uh, would love. You know, like I think, and that's one that people have asked for forever, right? I feel like since Melee or Brawl, people have been like, "Yo, just add, add Sora into this thing." People love Kingdom Hearts. People, I think, would go crazy over that. Um, and then, yeah, like I mean, personally, my biggest ask for for Smash <laughs> forever has been um, uh, uh, Travis Touchdown from No More Heroes, mm. which oh. I think Travis Touchdown got a me outfit um, for the me yeah. fighters. And so that usually discounts characters. But again, guidelines are often throughout the window. Um, but also there's the fact that like No More Heroes is big in my heart and big. It has a good cult following, but I don't think the following is big enough to warrant a Smash Brothers character, at least yet. You know, maybe we'll get there in the future, but... Uh, mm. That would be more, more so of a dream addition for me as opposed to something I think would realistically happen. But yeah. and as well, Bluff, I think it. the final Smash character is a big heavyweight news item, right? If you bring that into this forty-minute Nintendo Direct, that's going to pull a lot of eyes. That could eat up, you know, three to five minutes of time if you wanted to and really celebrate this. So 
that's probably going to be a nice big moment there, no matter what you bring to the table and whatever character is out yeah. there. Yeah, and back back to the point too of what is your big headliner? What is the thing that is knocking us all all back? Right, like that we see and we're like, what the fuck? Oh my god! Because I, I, for a forty minute Nintendo Direct that is not focused on a specific thing, right? That is a hey, here's a wide Nintendo Direct that is going to talk about upcoming games. Usually, there is at least one thing in there that you would see as like a oh, shit, this is their headliner. And, you know, I think it's good to remind people that Splatoon 3 was announced. Maybe we see a re-reveal and tease of that for 2022. Maybe that is the thing. Maybe ARMS is coming back. You know, maybe it's something that we're just not expecting a return. I would love my my blessing Adioye Gatorade get hype moment would be just a tease of the next 3D Mario. Mario Ooh. Odyssey 2, Galaxy 3, no matter what it is. Just like a glimpse of Mario in 3D form would get me hype i'll be all about that but that would be my dream announcement another one that i feel like is a little not too far-fetched but far-fetched enough that i'm not like gonna sit and expect it it will be really interesting to see and i think one of those is i've learned over on the xbox side and as a video game guy myself watching all of these is always continue to keep your expectations in check understand the assignment as the young kids like to say and Mm. really know what we're getting into right we're focusing on the winter and yes we'd like to have those big announcements but let's make sure we understand we're going into this 40 minutes they're going to try to sell us on games for the holiday season that you and your family would go purchase during black friday during christmas so let's try to focus on that you know what i mean but it's always good to hope for the biggest and baddest and like you said you're doing really well bless of like there should be a main title a big news article here of what is the headliner and it's exciting to think about what it could be oh yeah uh of course it's happening tomorrow at 3 p.m pacific time which is an interesting time for it i believe i mean given who we are we're reacting to it i'm sure we have scheduled conflicts but knowing tim and the gang we'll probably move shit around or find some way to react to it it might just be me and kevin and mike reacting to it alone who knows we'll see uh but until then, of course, that is tomorrow. Right now, Mike, let's talk about story number two. Uh, in this, speak- this is speaking of the Nintendo Direct. Uh, story number two, the FCC points to Nintendo Switch controller announcement this week. This is from Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. And Kevin, as I'm reading through, I have images that I'm going to reference uh, in the news story. I have a link to it in the doc if you want to pull those up. Nintendo will reveal some kind of new Switch controller this week, a U.S. government listing has suggested. Earlier this month, Nintendo's request for a confidentiality agreement was submitted and listed on the FCC website for an item simply described as, quote, game controller. The initial documents listed on the website had suggested that all photos of the unrevealed controller, its manual, its block diagram, and its schematics would be kept secret for up to six months. However, on Tuesday, new filings appeared on the FCC website stating that, quote, short-term confidential information related to the peripheral, such as images and diagrams, will be made available this Friday, September 24th. If if accurate, this suggests that Nintendo will likely announce the mysterious device before images of it are published by the U.S. government body this Friday. Nintendo has previously requested confidentiality when submitting new controller designs to the FCC. It did the same in August 2019 with its design for the Switch's wireless SNES controller, which was released to coincide with SNES games being added to the Switch online service in September 2019. However, that request was supported by a diagram of the, sh- uh, of the shape of the controller showing where the FCC cer- certification label should go, which made it clear that the device was an SNES controller. 
For this new controller, a similar diagram has been added, but it simply shows two rectangles with no discernible details. However, it's been noted that the shape and placement of the labels would roughly match with the design of a Nintendo 64 controller. However, sources <laughs> recently told VGC's network partner, Nintendo Life, that Game Boy and Game Boy Color games are likely to be added really soon to Nintendo Switch. Of course, Mike held up there his, his uh, uh, N64 controller. You got the luminescent uh, green, which I love. Back in the day, I had the purple one. Uh, which I, I loved as well. Uh, but here, uh, Kevin has pulled up the schematics referenced uh, in the, the article, which shows the certification labels uh, that are both on the back and then on the bottom of the NCT4 controller and how the uh, the FCC uh, uh, thing matches that certification. And Mike, I would love nothing more than an N64 uh, controller uh, peripheral and S4 games come back to the Switch. What was that, Kevin? Does it, does it match? I could buy the top one. Mm-hmm. being close the bottom one though i don't see a label where label two is marked hold on let you me open it mean? up let me let me i'm gonna open up on my own we're gonna, so we're gonna do there, some surely. detective work right now we'll do some detective yeah I, like it, I, this one's an interesting one where uh, they always have to reach for these sort of things and i mm-hmm. feel like a lot of times shit doesn't pan out and we just forget about the story but uh well this is this is one of those ones where there's something going on here because Friday. Yeah, there's there's a deadline which is Friday, yep. and then and the events happening this, tomorrow. In the events happening tomorrow, and that's the big thing is that this news it's broke before the event was announced. And so funny enough, like this probably would have been my lead news story on KFGD of like, is there going to be a Nintendo Direct this week? But with them officially announcing the Nintendo Direct, I feel like both of these things are linked, right? Like they want to be able to announce whatever this is uh, before that thing gets. Just uh, gets released to the world by the FCC, which makes you think that one, there's going to be some big Nintendo Switch Online uh, announcement at the Nintendo Direct, and it is going to be between Game Boy games coming to Switch and N64 games coming to Switch, which is another big deal, right? Bless that is another newsworthy headline out of your Nintendo Direct, especially heading into the holiday season. It's something special, right? Bless, it's fun. You know, we're talking about it right now, and, you know, we have those hopes and dreams of the N64 controller making its way back. And, you know, I grew up with the N64, and we always make the joke of, like, I have, for all the audio listeners out here, probably, like, 20 N64 cartridges in my hand right now that I've held on to since I was a kid. And blessing, if you were to ask me, Mike, how many first-party Nintendo games do you have in this, I would tell you. Less than two, and then Mario Kart and Mario Tennis. So I was never (laughs) a big Nintendo guy. I have nothing but third-party games here, and it is something special to me when I look back and think of my childhood and how important the N64 was and all the games that I played and loved and all my friends played and loved and hearing stories of you and Barrett and the whole team and what the N64 meant to them. And so the idea of bringing out a controller and bringing the games to the online service would really be a big deal to me. It would get me super excited. Of course, what are those games, right? What licenses can you get? What third-party games can you lean on? Is it only going to be certain first-party titles? Becomes a huge question to me because that, uh, that's what I look forward to. That is that is a huge question, especially because for the N64, a large part of that library, of course, it's Nintendo, and so Nintendo are the ones making the best games of the library. But on the N64 generation, 
arguably right now mike is holding up uh, the exact place where i'm going right mike is holding up 007 goldeneye and perfect dark two rare rare games and rareware as much as nintendo was holding up that that console on their shoulders rareware as well was holding that, that console up on their shoulders too right like rare was putting out again those two games that you mentioned uh banjo kazooie games we had diddy kong racing we had uh uh i believe we said i've already said perfect dark right we had like Rare was doing their thing, right? As you say, Mike, they were in their Duffy. They were in the Duffy. You know, I think to not have any of those games on an S64 uh, classic library on the Nintendo Switch would be a bit of a bummer, but also one of those things where I think it is kind of the, well, we kind of got to accept it, right? Like, I think if they're able to announce it and have it be, you're getting Mario 64, you're getting Ocarina of Time, you're getting Majora's Mask, you're getting Mario Kart, you're getting the Mario sports games. That is like a... That that is a good library there that I think people would be happy with, but I do think you're missing a good percentage of the bangers on that platform if you don't have the rare stuff there as well. And I think there's a possibility that maybe they could talk to to Microsoft and have some kind of um, partnership there that allows them to go through and be like, cool, yeah, we're gonna license these out to you because as Xbox, we want to be collaborative, we want to help you guys out, and also maybe there's some kind of give and take where maybe they allow those games to be played on some kind of Xbox release as well on Game Pass. Who knows? But that's that right there seems like a lot of work where the other option for Nintendo is let's put Game Boy and Game Boy Color games on the Switch because I'm sure to some extent those are eas- easier to emulate. And, uh, and then also you have more of the core library there being very Nintendo-driven in terms of Pokemon and like I'm sure they'd be fine with Tetris and Super Mario Land and... Um, uh, Warrior Land and all the games that people like most of the games that people remember off of the Game Boy are more so Nintendo games right the Zelda games on Game Boy Metroid 2 like there's a there's a good library there that I think they would have more control over and would probably be an easier thing to implement over N64 which if we're talking about the hardware itself I think it's interesting the idea of having a licensed Game Boy controller that's a whole other conversation but on the N64 side of things right the N64 controller is kind of unwieldy. It's bulky. Oh. It's it's unnecessary yeah. in a lot yeah. of ways. I love it, but of course that's nostalgia and that's just me being a fan. But like I could I couldn't imagine them reselling this thing in a way that is unaltered. They would they would either change it, and if you're gonna change it, it's like why do it? Or it's oh, I, I don't know what this what the solution Let, would be there for them. Bless Let's the talk Nintendo about that way. <laughs> Nintendo way. I, I have Sell a your trash that doesn't here. work. And <laughs> so you're ready right, buy uh, it. Let's start off with the controller. Of course, the controller, I think everybody talks about because it is so special to everybody's heart way back in the day, right? It came in so many multitude of colors. It was so different from what we all saw back in the day that we loved it, right? It was different. It was fun. It was exciting. It was so Nintendo. But as we've grown up and matured and we've moved on to pro controllers and Xbox Elite controllers and the DualSense, these top tier controllers, when you look back now and Trust me, if you have tried to play an N64 games with your friends in the past five years to a decade, you would know that the N64 controller is absolutely awful. It is not a good controller to play with, right? So it is purely nostalgic and it's all there for fun, but it would be interesting to see what they would do with it, right? Bless of like, is it smaller? Will it come in a multitude of colors, right? I don't want to buy the gray generic N64 controller if that's what they're planning to do. What made the N64 controller so special was the the gold, the red, the atomic purple, the DK64 jungle green controller. Mm. If they don't come out with a number of at least four or five colored controllers for this N64 controller, if that's what it is to be, then there's really no point because nobody wants a bunch of gray 
boring N64 controllers. I promise you that one. But on top of that, bless, like you brought up, right? Now you have to lean on to the first party games, which is great, right? There's a number of them you could lean into, not a huge library, but there's enough that you could make a, you know, put them into that online service and people would get excited. For me, game preservation is so big, right? We talk about it all the time on the Xbox side and how Phil and that team really leaned into, hey, we're going to drive value to our customers. We're going to make sure that you bring all of those old classic games with you into the future. And I think a lot of people are taking note of that and they understand like, hey, it's very hard for people to go over and find their old consoles and controllers and plug them into these new age TVs. It's really hard to go to video game shops and see a game that you owned way back in the day now super marked up or hard and impossible to find. And game preservation is one of those things that not only drives value to your customers, but also is something really special to us, the gamers out there, where we want to play those old nostalgic games that we know and love. Sure, they might not be the best now, but they are really special. And so Game Boy, Game Boy Advance games and moving into N64 would be great to see. I think Nintendo has such a big lineage where when we talk about game preservation, all these older games coming with you, that's huge to have on their online service or on their console platform in general. And for me, bless, right? It's like now you and I talk about it and you bring up all the first party games, which you know I know a lot of people know and love and they'll come after me in the comments. But like for me, a lot of it was those third party games. And I think if they oh, yeah. talked with Microsoft, I bet you Microsoft would want to have a discussion and make a deal to bring over some of those rareware games, right? And have the conversation of like, hey, you're into game preservation. Let's do this. Let's figure it out together. Because they seem to be a really open and honest company of late with Phil at the head of it. But I mean, for me, you know, I brought up all of those games. Plus, if I don't see a Gauntlet Legends, if I don't see a Perfect Dark, a GoldenEye, if I don't see Road Rash 64, if I don't see South Park the video game, if I don't see StarCraft you're not gonna 64, You're not going to see like, South Park the video these game. These are those <laughs> games, Bless, that are like, they're so special to me and I'm sure others where it's like, man, how big of a service are we looking at? Dude, Is it just my, first party? How big can they get into the bag? I would, I would love 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 for a n64 online service that had wayne gretzky's 3d hockey yeah which i do think would be like a, a possibility because like it's it's not like the nintendo nes online <laughs> snes online games are all nintendo first party right like they have a good selection of stuff that is first party and then stuff that is pretty wild and out there and you know like i i think there there is easily the possibility that they go way above and beyond in terms of what those games are uh the rare stuff is the stuff that I think would be a all in or all out kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I'll love for Microsoft to be all in with it because I think that is the only way we get back something like a Diddy Kong racing, which was a rare developed game with Banjo Kazooie in it, Conqueror in it and Diddy Kong in it oh. and had Diddy Kong as the main character. The only way we get that game back in any modern form is for them to do the, the Goku Vegeta fusion dance and actually allow, allow those things <laughs> to unite and be at re-release. And so like, I think that would be a home run. I think I've been asking for forever would be a, nintendo switch version of rare replay which i think would be such a home run oh. uh because like you're get the the amount of games or the type of games you're getting in that would be that would be a top tier collection i already love rare replay on on xbox i think that already that is a top tier collection but a nintendo switch version of that that does have the donkey kong country games that does have i mean donkey kong 64 for me specifically that does have diddy kong racing and that does have the best of the best of a, a lot of the n64 library I think would be again such a home run and 
again, we're talking a lot about N64. There's a strong chance that this is Game Boy Color <laughs> that happens. Oh my and god! So like, yeah. you know, there's a lot to talk about there there too. But of course, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Now, bless uh, one thing. Go for it. It wouldn't be a kind of funny games daily if we didn't get a little spicy. And I want to mm-hmm. end this news story with a little spice, a little bit of fun, and of course. It wouldn't be the same if people in the internet comment world were going wild in the comment section. So, bless. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out to you, and I'm gonna take Do a stand it. right here, right now. You ready? I'm ready. Perfect Dark mm-hmm. is a way better gaming experience than James Bond Goldeneye. Ooh, I'm throwing man. it out at you. I just hit you with that Twitch chat and all the YouTube commenters. Perfect Dark multiplayer is way better than Goldeneye, and Tomorrow Never Dies is a way better game than Goldeneye as well because that game oh, is shit. super lit, y'all. So there you go. Blue cartridge over Goldeneye. Just throw it out at you. Get at me in the comments. This is what I'll say, right? Because I don't have I don't have a horse in the race. You know, I've played, in fact, I've played more for Perfect Dark at this point than I have played Goldeneye. The 007 game that I owned on N64 is 007 The World Is Not Enough that had a blue yes. cartridge. Uh uh-huh, that was the one. That was the one, yes. And that one That's the one incredible. That is an underrated. 007 game enough people don't talk about the world is not enough that game was really fun they don't talk about the grappling hook bless they don't talk about the bank oh heist mission for number one they don't talk about the elevation of what it looked like from golden eye to that nobody ever talks about that they only talk about gold which yes do credit it is incredible it's a lot of fun like innovative don't put some respect on perfect dark and put some respect on that blue cartridge james God. bond game get out that of my blue, face with that that blue cartridge was so good it's so memorable but you know what else is good and memorable let's talk about patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go to get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by away whether you're running to the grocery store planning a weekend away or taking an extended stay with friends or family we're all still in the bizarre current reality of travel luckily Away makes trips all kinds of easy peasy with their actual life-changing range of suitcases, bags, and accessories. I love Away. Uh, You know, us are kind of funny. We travel a whole bunch, or at least we used to, and I never would travel without my Away luggage. I love it. It is so smooth to just roll that thing. It's beautiful, very nice to look at. You know me. I care about aesthetics, and so does Away. An Away bag is one of those things that once you get your hands on it, it makes you wonder how the heck you lived without it. It is easily the best luggage I've ever had. Away offers a 100-day trial and free shipping and returns on everything so you can't lose you can start your 100 day trial and shop the entire away lineup of travel essentials including their best-selling suitcases at awaytravel.com slash kfgd that's awaytravel.com slash kfgd a-w-a-y-t-r-a-v-e-l.com slash kfgd D. Next up, shout out to Amazon Music. Amazon Music has over 10 million free podcast episodes to listen to, including this one. But Amazon Music isn't just for listening to podcasts. That'd be ridiculous considering it's Amazon Music. Uh, They've also got thousands of music stations and top playlists to stream for free. And no matter what you're listening to, you can even go hands-free with Alexa. You just download the app and enjoy listening free wherever, anywhere on your favorite devices. There's no credit card or subscription required. Um, I've been listening to Bo Burnham's Inside for the, I don't know, millionth time this year. And Amazon Music makes that fun, makes that easy. And man, what an, what an experience that is. I recommend it to everybody. Uh, if you've never tried Amazon Music, what are you waiting for? You're going to love it as much as we all do. Uh, start listening for free today. Head over to Amazon.com slash KFGD. That's Amazon.com slash KFGD to stream thousands of music stations and over 10 million podcast episodes for free, including this show. 
amazon.com slash KFGD. And finally, shout out to DraftKings. It's been one heck of a kickoff for the NFL season, Andy keeps telling me, and it's only getting better at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. DraftKings is putting new customers in the center of the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in on the action now. All you have to do is pick up your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want you can download the DraftKings app now and use code kfgd download the DraftKings app now and use code kfgd this week new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes enter the code kfgd to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit that's code kfgd only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the nfl there's a minimum five dollar deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see DraftKings kings.com for details but remember code kfgd at DraftKings. love you too mike mike uh, i love that right we have we have us right we're crossplay right i'm i'm on the playstation podcast you come here from the xbox podcast we spend 45 minutes of this episode talking about <laughs> nintendo <laughs> yeah that was uh that was something there plastic is right that was something god you gotta love it mike it's time to talk about some Fortnite. Let's talk about Epic Games. Story number three, Apple won't let Fortnite back on iOS until the Epic v. Apple verdict is final. This is from Russell Brandom and Addie Robertson at The Verge. Fortnite will not be returning to the iOS app store anytime soon, according to a series of emails published on Twitter on Wednesday by Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney. Epic's iOS developer account had been suspended as a result of the company's intentional violations of the App Store's guidelines in August 2020, which set the stage for the company's court battle. But in the wake of the ruling earlier this month, the state of Epic iOS apps, particularly Fortnite, has been unclear. But the newly published emails indicate Epic is unlikely to return to the store for the immediate future. One letter published by Sweeney, dated September 21st and sent by lawyers representing Apple, informs the company that Apple will not reinstate Epic's developer account until the appeals have been resolved, a process that could take years. Quote, Apple has exercised its discretion not to reinstate Epic's developer program account at this time, the email reads. Furthermore, Apple will not consider any further requests for a reinstatement until the district court's judgment becomes final and non-appealable, end quote. The message notes that Judge Yvonne Gonzalez-Rogers, the judge in Epic v. Apple, concluded Apple was within its rights to terminate any Epic-related accounts it desires from the, from the App Store. Epic has already paid final, uh, financial damages for breaching its contract. Quote, Apple lied, Sweeney wrote. Apple spent a year, and this is uh, Sweeney continues. Apple spent a year telling the world, the court, and the press they'd welcome Epic's return to the App Store if they agree to play by the same rules as everyone else. Epic agreed, and now Apple has reneged in another abuse of its monopoly power over a billion users. End quote. Apple did not immediately respond for a request to comment. The decision appears to scuttle uh, Epic's attempt to return Fortnite to the iOS App Store in South Korea, which recently passed rules requiring alternate payment method support. It also leaves Fortnite's future elsewhere, uh, future elsewhere in question. Epic had recently updated old copies of Fortnite on iOS remotely to remove V-Bucks purchasing options, theoretically putting it back in compliance with Apple's rules. But without a working developer account, Epic can't re-release the game in any country. Mike, Bless. the fight continues. One word, petty. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bless, this is petty. This is just one of those where you're coming out of a bad breakup and like 
you're trying, and then all of a sudden you do some petty stuff, and it's like it just doesn't look good, y'all. But on the real though, uh, if anybody needs an iPhone with Fortnite on it, I got one. Hit me up, like I got hey, this. Now. It's like I, Flappy Bird now. It's that's the best Bird, thing, y'all. right? When you own it, when you own a hardware like Wait, that, no, I saw my PS4 okay. with PT on it. <laughs> Is, isn't it available in the U.S. Fortnite? No, on iOS. No, I thought I thought that they let that go through like two weeks ago. Kind of funny. dot com slash you're wrong. I thought the whole thing is that it's not available anywhere, uh, or on on iOS specifically. But I might be incorrect about that. That's just I don't know. I mean, it's tough to fathom, right? You can look at both sides of the thing. This has been a long, drawn out court case. Has gotten ugly in some situations, and no matter what side of the ball you're on, and you know the whole situation, it's just really sad and too bad to see that like. This is the move that Apple wants to do, right? This is a big time game. Still to this day, it's a massive game that everybody wants to play and to take it off the device sucks, but it is their platform. It is their devices. They get to choose what gets put on there. And if that's how they want to play and they can play hardball, that's how it's going to go, unfortunately. And it's sad to see. Yeah. Yeah. I think petty is the, is the right term for it, right? This is one of those ones where in this back and forth, I've been mostly on the side of Epic for that one point of, hey, we want to be able to monetize elsewhere. You know, I think that is a stance that and a victory that is going to be good for developers overall. And just for who I am and what my, I guess, like stances are, I just, I care more about developers than I do of the platform holder being Apple. Apple has all the money in the world. They're going to be fine if they let developers make more money on the thing that they're making. Uh, But aside from that issue, I don't really have a stake in this. At this point, now that Epic has won that one thing that they were fighting for and lost mm. in plenty of other ways <laughs> now that they now that they won that thing i'm sitting back and i'm like cool like let the fallout happen between you two i don't care anymore the fact that tim sweeney comes out and they're like apple lied apple spent apple told the world that they let us back but they're not letting us back the fact that like the fact that this is the aftermath of it i think was eventual like what did you expect bro yeah, <laughs> like you came through you 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 came into somebody's house you like threw furniture all over the place and you made them change the rules of their house. Of course, they're going to kick you out. Of course, <laughs> of course, they're not going to let you back in. Like this was an inevitability. This shouldn't be a surprise to you. But like, again, like you fought the good fight. Like you said what needed to be said. And, you know, you you made that policy happen. Be happy with that victory. And like, don't expect for them to let you back. Because like, of course, they're not going to let you back. Isn't that funny? Bless of like, they probably saw that. Like you said, like, we got some W's here, right? We changed up the forever marketplace of Apple and how those transactions will happen. And like, heck yeah, that's what we wanted. And then at the same time, it's like, okay, but now we're not on that platform, which we always have these conversations of Apple and Android. Those are the two major cell phone providers on the planet, right? Of these mobile devices. And now we've just lost a huge chunk, right? That's where Fortnite was supposed to be. That was the money that we were going to make over there. And now it's just gone. And it's sad Mm -hmm. to see of like, you know, we'll get to live in this future now where Apple and all of those third-party apps that are on that, those transactions will truly and forever be changed because of this lawsuit. But now, you know, Tim Sweeney and the team over at Epic, they're not going to be a part of that. And they're going to miss out on that huge chunk of change for the time being, which is wild to see because that's where they wanted to be. They wanted to be in that money because they know Timmy, Tommy, Becky, and Susie are in their middle schools, their high schools, playing Fortnite on their phones, just smashing the V-Bucks buttons. Use Epic Creator Code, kind of funny at any you know checkout, but that's where they wanted to be, blessed. And it's too sad, too bad to see that like that's how that's going to be now. You know? Yeah, I mean, and, and theoretically too, on the Epic side, 
this seems like a moral victory, right? Like in 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 the heart of what they were fighting for with the hashtag free Fortnite and all this bullshit, right? Like you like you won the fight that you were trying to fight for. And so in theory, being taken off the app store was worth it. If this really was a moral victory for you, right? If this really meant if if, if you were fighting for this in terms of policy and in terms of what you thought was right. This should be worth the sacrifice, right? To like not be let back on the Apple uh, Apple Store. Of course, I'm talking about a company. I'm talking about capitalism. Of course, they're not happy with it. Of course, they're not going to be happy with it. And of course, they're going to continue to fight for it because it's not all completely a moral thing for them, right? Like these are companies that are at battle. But for what for I, for the rhetoric that they've been speaking and the way they've been talking about this stuff, it seems like a win, and it seems like it, they shouldn't be too mad at it. But that's just me. Mike, let's talk about story number four. Uh, there have been a couple of uh, departures at Activision Blizzard. I am going to pull from James Bachelor at uh, GamesIndustry.biz, who writes, Overwatch executive producer is the latest to leave Blizzard. Activision Blizzard continues to, lead, to lose key talent uh, as Chaco Sunny, the executive producer of Overwatch, is leaving the company. Bloomberg reports Sonny informed uh, colleagues via email that Friday will be his final day at Blizzard, with an Activision Blizzard spokesperson confirming the, de the departure to the site. Sonny's note did not give a reason for leaving, nor did it refer to the multiple lawsuits and investigations Activision Blizzard currently faces. Several anonymous Blizzard employees told Bloomberg the executive producer was well-respected in that, to their knowledge, no allegations have been made against him. In his email, Sonny described his time at Blizzard as, quote, an absolute privilege and one of the best experiences of my career, end quote. Sonny was in charge of, Overwatch 2, of, of the Overwatch franchise and overseeing the development of Overwatch 2, with his contribution becoming even more important after director Jeff Kaplan left Blizzard earlier this year. Blizzard has yet to decide on his replacement, but a spokesperson said Overwatch 2 is in the final stages of production, with more to be announced when the current Overwatch esports event ends later this month. And then following that one, I got another new story again, again from GamesIndustry.biz, James Batchelor, uh, who writes, Blizzard's chief legal officer departed last week. Blizzard Entertainment's chief legal officer has left the company. Claire Hart announced her departure on LinkedIn yesterday, having exited Blizzard on Friday. She worked at the World of Warcraft developer for more than three years, prior to which she spent over a decade at Google. Mike, I know uh, you're an Overwatch person, right? I don't think I've actually... Have you played Overwatch <laughs> together? I forget what your stance is on Overwatch. Uh, we've played a little bit. I was big on launch when it first came to console and how special that game was at the time. I think it was like 2015, bless. That's how long that game has been around. And uh, ever since then, I mean, there's been a number of Team Arena shooters that have come and gone. And so I've moved on past Overwatch. Andy's tried to get me back in occasionally, but I've never gotten back in truly and honestly. As for esports, I really love the Overwatch League. It's one of the biggest, most well-produced uh, esports leagues on the planet. And I really enjoy the production value of what I see from them. So I wouldn't say I'm a huge Overwatch guy, but there's bits and pieces that I get into. Where are you with Overwatch 2 now, right? We've seen Jeff Kaplan depart earlier. We now see Sonny departing as well. And then also the new story of the chief legal officer, which seem like they are, these stories seem like they're like partly lumped into the controversy around Activision Blizzard, but also partly not, right? It seems like there are a lot of things at play, specifically the, the chief legal officer thing seems like mm -hmm. it's more connected to the controversy than not. The Sonny thing seems like it might be more connected to the project or with just not be not feeling it right are you at all scared for overwatch 2 or nervous about overwatch 2 i was more scared and nervous for overwatch 2 way before any of this happened once we found out it was kind of a overwatch 1.5 
right? Where we were still going to be playing multiplayer together. We were just going to add new modes. We were going to kind of up the ante on the graphics and how the game runs and then just add a small mini single player into it. I was like, oh, I guess this is something I'm just going to check off my list because I'm not a diehard Overwatch fan, right? And so for me, I, I was always worried about Overwatch since the beginning, whenever it was announced. You put a two on something as a customer and as a fan, you expect a lot, right? You expect the sequel to a hit game that was game of the year way back in 2015. It was a big deal back then. And so for me, I was scared right off the jump of what they said of, you know, we're going to try to keep the player base. We're going to add on to one. We're still going to have that PVP aspect of everybody playing together. But we're just going to add on some single player, some horde mode. That really didn't catch me at all, Blessing. Mm -hmm. And so I, I fell off the wagon of Overwatch to the moment that we really started talking deep dives into this. Yeah, I'm with you that I wasn't too thrilled about that direction being announced for Overwatch 2. And I've been trying to allow it to, to, to grow on me over the years, especially as they've done their development updates with Jeff and the team. And they've been talking about the amount of work they're putting into the campaign. And me and Andy have done reactions to their live streams that detail what more like what the direction is, what the new maps look like. You know, like we've been trying to follow tr follow that. And as we've been getting more of the, the streams and the deeper looks, it has been growing on me more and more, but the departure of Jeff Kaplan and the departure now of Sonny and just the rockiness that is Activision Blizzard has me so worried, not only just for Overwatch 2, but just for Activision Blizzard products in general, especially Blizzard being the company that I know is so near and dear to many people's hearts from, oh. from Warcraft and others. Uh, I know Bl Blizzard has, I think, historically has had a level of quality that they have been able to step up to and continue and continue to hit and i worry so much that that is not them anymore i worry so much that they are now now th this this they are more activision than blizzard at this point right like i i, I worry that that becomes them more and more because again the overwatch 2 direction is an interesting one seeing people that were leads on your game continue to fall like dominoes and go eh, I, i'm I, i'm done here you know this far into the development right it's not like they are shipping the game and then dipping it's not like they shipped the last game finished the work on that and then dipped right this feels like it is very very much mid-development where they are like you know hey i'm moving on you know i i've had a great time here but my time here is done right and of course maybe that is the thing maybe that is the truth but there just seems to be too many things lining up at the same time with this for me that makes me go oh man i really hope that they have a vision for this thing because they are losing their visionaries, right? Which is, I think, the, the actual scary thing about it. And so we'll yeah. have to stay tuned for Overwatch 2. I also wouldn't be surprised if Overwatch 2 is further away than we think at this point. Yeah, it's been a long time, too. Uh, correction, the chatter's 2016. Thank you so much out there. But, you know, bless a lot of these guys and gals, hardworking men and women have been working on this game for a long, long time, right? It's a live service game. It's a game that's going to go on for as long as they can keep it alive. And a lot of these talented people out there want to move on and want to try something new, right? And as we get towards the supposed end and release of Overwatch 2, maybe it is time for some of these people to look at themselves and say, you know what, I'd like to go try something new. We've seen that before, and we know that the video game industry ebbs and flows and people want to try new things. So maybe it is that time of, hey, I've been working on this for a long time. It's great and all, but maybe I want to try something new. And that's totally understandable if that's what they're getting at. Mike, we have one more news story. News story number five. Deathloop's lack of accessibility options is disappointing players. This is Jared Moore at IGN. 
Arkham Studios Deathloop has received a lot of praise since its launch. However, its lack of accessibility options has become an important and disappointing factor for a number of players. The issue of accessibility was raised in a thread of tweets created by user at Cyclopedia Brain, which discussed, fu discussed further uh, some of the issues experienced by players in Deathloop. Cursor-based menus, a lack of button remapping, small text sizes, hard-to-read fonts, and an inability to customize UI indicators were all mentioned. The thread also highlighted some of the possible changes that Arcane could make to the game to make it easier to access for a number of its players. Accessibility advocate and YouTuber reviewer uh, Steve Saylor added to the argument around Deathloop's level of accessibility by mentioning, mentioning not just its lack of custom, customizability, but its gameplay design. In an accessibility review, Saylor spoke about how he, how he believes that a lack of accessibility is more deeply rooted within Deathloop. After praising Arcane's customary level design and ingenuity, Saylor says, quote, The problem with the design of this is that this game forces you uh, forces you and relies on your ability to play first-person shooters. Now, when I say that, I mean specifically that you have to have a specific skill level for first-person shooters in order to be able to make this game fun and enjoyable. Otherwise, it's a struggle to get through it, end quote. The primary issue for a sailor is the harsh penalties for failure in the game. Primarily, the three life limit players are given before having to restart the current loop, having made no progress. For those who have had difficulty controlling the game, it adds a barrier to progress that many games don't have. Sailor compares Deathloop to other FPS games and their contrasting approaches to failure. Quote, I play Destiny all the time. I play Halo all the time. I love those games, but those games allow me to make mistakes and respawn without, uh, without feeling like I'm losing anything along the way. End quote. A number of other disabled uh, gamers have shared similar thoughts uh, to Sailor across their own social channels. As a motor challenge person, YouTuber Dynamic Reactions argues that Deathloop's aim assist options do little to help counter the difficulties presented for some members of the community when playing first-person shooters. Although the game has a number of auto-aim options, Dynamic Reactions argues that these don't necessarily work well or work as well as they should. Meanwhile, Steve Spawn, the, the Chief Operations Officer and Community Outreach Director for the charity Able Gamers, said that it only took him 12 minutes to figure out that he couldn't play Deathloop as a disabled gamer. Uh, there is way more to that article. Of course, I read a lot just there, but the article goes way more in depth in, ter in terms of uh, other opinions and other takes that um, uh, plenty more people in the disabled community have regarding the accessibility options in Deathloop. But overall, it seems that the consensus isn't great. I want to take that news story and hop into a question from Audrey, who wrote it at patreon.com slash games, just like you can, and says, I recently purchased Deathloop after all the praise the game has gotten. I love the concept, but I'm really struggling to play it because the accessibility options are so poor. How did this not come up in reviews? One of the great things of the past year for me is that the discussions about accessibility were becoming common, but it feels like in this case, outlets, outlets were so concerned with Arcane finally getting the praise slash spotlight they deserved that no one cared the game was a big middle finger to those with accessibility needs. Maybe that's not truly the case, but it seems so odd that so many were suddenly so silent about accessibility after being so vocal before. Microsoft seems to care about accessibility, so I wish they had stepped in and advocated within Arcane to improve this aspect. I'm sure Deathloop is a great game, but I guess I'll never get to experience that for myself. Snow, Michael, Michael, where are you at with this conversation? Like, do you have, do you have any specific opinions about all this? Yeah, you know, Bless, this is a great conversation. And it's plain and simple. Accessibility is a real deal thing, and it needs to be up at the forefront of a lot of game developers because everybody deserves to be able to play. 
plain and simple point simple period it's done right accessibility is real and we deserve to have that because all players are different right unfortunately i'm not disabled i can't speak on that behalf i cannot tell you what i look for in certain games like others would look for and there's some great twitter threads there's some great people out there that you can follow who advocate for accessibility options who tell you what they need to see so other players in that field can play right and so you know that's a big deal and I understand the point of like, hey, Microsoft should have stepped in. Arcane is now owned by them. But also this game was in development before that Bethesda deal went on. There was a conversation about that, right? And you've seen over on the Kind of Funny X-Cast, we've talked about how Xbox is elevating the accessibility guidelines and what that looks like and how they're allowing accessibility consultants to come in from that accessibility and disabled community to come in and help developers at the ground floor really elevate that. And a big one as well, we talked about was Psychonauts 2 and their accessibility features and how that was at the forefront mm-hmm. the moment you turned on the game. And, you know, if you've turned on Deathloop, they do hit you with a very small accessibility menu. And if you read through that Twitter thread from the first name that you read there, it's actually really eye-opening of what you see, right? And I'll tell you what, uh, on the flip side, Bless, accessibility hasn't always been on people's minds because you play the way you play. We've really been pushing accessibility into the forefront over these past couple of years. And we've been really making a push to pioneer and cultivate and talk about that. And so reviewers need to change that as well. They need to keep it in their mind to look at those accessibility options and say, how do these fit? Can they elevate the gameplay for others? And also you should be looking, if you're looking for accessibility features, look towards those people who advocate for accessibility features and are really in the know. Those are the guys and gals that can really break it down for you better than I can and others can. And so. There's a lot going on to this, and I'm really excited to see if Arcane can elevate this. But also at the same time, we are at the forefront of change, which is really, really exciting. And we're going to see a lot more accessibility features come so everybody can play. And that's a positive thing. Yeah, I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I think also so much of this is about perspective and finding the people that have those perspectives in order to give informed in, uh, opinions and informed insight about those things. Right. I think to the question from Audrey of, how did this not come up in reviews? I think a big problem is that looking around and seeing who reviewed the game, from what I've seen, there were many complaints regarding, hey, like this accessibility review website didn't get a code, right? And that might not be, that is not necessarily arcane going, let's not give people who focus on accessibility codes. That might just be a thing of, hey, let's be stingy with codes or, hey, let's not like, let's focus more on the big outlets or let's let's not uh uh let's let's not share the wealth in terms of coverage right like and i don't think that's a great thing i think for how how coverage has evolved over the years especially for video games coverage now that we're seeing different types of uh, uh different different types of niche, niches arise in terms of the kind of coverage people do right i think you gotta spread the wealth and figure out ways to give people who who fall into different like hey no i focus on accessibility all right, cool. Yeah, like let's find let's find those folks and get them codes, right? Or I focus on gaming as like, gaming as this, right? I focus on gaming as that, right? You kind of want to figure out what those pockets are and make sure that you're giving diverse voices those games to play so that they can come with those uh, expressions at launch. The thing I do like about what the accessibility coverage has been over the last week is the fact that there uh, there has been I think a good conversation around accessibility because. It's been part of the second wave conversation of Deathloop. And it's kind of, this is kind of like the silver lining and uh, a lot of the unfortunate circumstance is in that first wave, you got so much critical review that was, 
hey, this is the game. Hey, this is why Deathloop is a great shooter. This is why Deathloop is a great stealth game. Or this is why Deathloop is a great arcane game. And now that we're weeks past that, and now people, more people have their hands on the game, the conversation about accessibility has happened. It's happening later than it could have, and probably later than it should have. But at the very least, I'm glad that it is happening now and that people are bringing this up because as I was going through this, right, like IGN has an article, um, uh, Game Rant has an article. There are quite a few articles that were arising within the last few days. And then, of course, people who who do see these things, right, people that are part of the disabled community are the ones that were waving the flag of like, hey, like this shit ain't, ain't right <laughs> in Deathloop, right? Like they're, they have very minimal options. The options here aren't great. The fact that those flags were able <clears throat> to be waived, even if it was half a week later or a week later, um, the fact that we're able to have the bigger conversation about it is the bigger thing. And I guarantee you that, like, Arcane for the studio they are, I'm sure they're, they're looking at it, seeing it, and going, ah, shit, we fucked up. We got to do better next time. Or we got to figure out a way to patch this in order to make that better. That's what I hope, right? And that's me, that's me being very hopeful, me, like, looking at Arcane as a developer that seems skill in their craft in that you know, probably takes feedback to heart, right? Like, I really hope that is the case. Um, and I also hope that, like, in future future reviews for big games like this, that publishers do a better job with, like, looking around and seeing who actually really needs to review these things and, like, you know, how do we get codes in their hands? Mike, the next Arcane release is so far away. I had to really search for that one. I was like, what, is a, good, what is a good transition? I had to look. Uh, <laughs> the next Arcane release is just so far away. If I want to come out to Mama Drop Shops today, where would I look? Right now, you would look at the upcoming games list brought to you by the co-host of the Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday on Kind of Funny Games Daily. I don't know. I made that up, y'all. I did it. You're close enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll Mike, get the looking at the doc, time. I'm sorry. I'm seeing that you're not even in the doc. Do you know Kevin, that there's not, a doc you can look I'm at? I'm not a part of the doc, Kevin, okay? I run the Kind of Funny X-Cast, okay? We can they send you the doc. Mike, in the doc. Need, I need you to be an adult. I need you to be like, hey, just a heads up. I know there's a doc. I wasn't added to it. Instead we have a of... kind of funny games team. There's only six of us. Invite all of us to the doc. Michael, do you not Michael? have it? I think no, you no, might have on. access. It's, I'm going to look in the folder, and if he has access, I'm putting him in timeout. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Tam and Chad, there's a doc. There's a doc, Tam. You have access to it, too, I believe, because he's a host. Now. There's a Google Drive folder that everyone should have access to. All right, we're running late in the show, and so I'm gonna I'm Man, gonna never do a speed up Google Drive though. I'm gonna speed run the rest of the show. Mike, are you ready? Run it. Out today, we got Collection of Saga, Final Fantasy Legend for iOS and Android, Pokemon Unite for iOS and Android, Subdivision Infinity DX for PS5, Frigia, Frigia, Phantom Trigger 06 for Switch, Cube Samurai Run Square for Switch, Crisis Wing for Switch, Source of Madness for PC, Save Your Nuts is now available for PS4 and PS5. I got a lot of questions about that, but I don't have time. Uh, New Days for you, Keyword, uh, Spider's Thread coming to Steam uh, September 28th, Clang 2 is coming to Windows PC via Steam on Wednesday, October 20th. 2021 for nintendo switch uh ps5 ps4 xbox series x and xbox one those versions will be coming later at a later date and then ever tried is coming to nintendo switch ps4 xbox one and pc on october 21st 2021 of course you can write to patreon.com it's kind of funny games where you can write with your reader mail get the show ad free all that good stuff but today we got a squad up from jordan vickers who writes with the squad up on switch and says season two of pokemon you know i'm going to slow down because i want you guys to hear what jordan Ooh, vickers yo, has yo, to say yo yeah 
Season 2 of Pokemon Unite launched early in the morning, and now they're requiring these so-called friends for some daily task rewards. I don't really do voice or text chat while playing, but we'll accept invitations when I'm on. If you want to play some Pokemon Unite with Jordan Vickers, you can add them on Switch with the Switch friend code 84820980625. That will be in the description uh, for you to check out uh let's see here the crazy thing is i'm sure there's some people that listen to this show on 1.25 speed on their podcast Mm. app they probably think their thing just broke for a few (laughs) seconds there (laughs) we of course have one of them rotating uh segments that is required reading bj bernardo writes one with a required reading uh, and says hey y'all uh required reading suggestion Uncovering the real history of the women who pioneered video games by Isaiah Col- uh, Colbert. Interesting article about the history of women in the games industry. I'm excited to read Gamer Girl, a, a book highlighting 25 of the most influential women. Thanks, BJ. Of course, you can go over to Kotaku. Again, the article is called Uncovering the Real History of the Women Who Pioneered Video Games by Isaiah Colbert. Or Colbert. I'm just I'm pronouncing it the Stephen Colbert way. Uh, you can go over. He has a whole article interviewing the, t- the author uh, of the book, Gamer Girl, talking about the influence that women have had in the games industry uh it is a read that i highly suggest usually i would read an excerpt of that but of course we are way long into the show and we have a stream after this that i know many of you guys are looking forward to so it is time for kind of funny.com slash you're wrong where you write in and let us know what we got wrong as you got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe oh man there's a lot of your wrongs here but it seems like quite a few of them are from yesterday oh Okay. Uh, and a lot of these are just editorializing as well. It's the worst. Okay, Kebab, Kebabs writes in with a you're wrong that I'm not going to accept. And because it makes me mad, all right? Kebabs writes in and says, Goku and Vegeta used the Patara earrings to fuse, not the dance. They used to dance in the two movies. Uh, they used to dance in the two movies, Brawly and Fusion Reborn. Is that not what I mentioned? They, also, they have two fusions. If you say... If you thing, say right? They use the dance and then give like that's not a you're wrong. That's not canon. I understand that, but get the hell out of here. They use the dance. We see it. Yes, they use the both things are valid, right? I could say they use the the patara rings. I could say they use the dance. Both are valid. Uh, and that's it for commentfunny.com. That's your wrong, Mike. You killed it. Tomorrow's hosts are Tamora and Tim Gettys for a Tim TM Thursday. If you're watching this live on Twitch, after this is Metal Gear Solid with Mike Barrett and the whole MGS crew. If you want to catch that stream later, subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, we run you through the nerdy news you just know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.